Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com slash build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel here with Joel Conan and Dennis Dick. want to welcome once again all of our new listeners from Benzinga Pro. You can find the show once again through Benzinga Pro as of this week, or I guess as of uh, Friday perhaps, by uh, going to the chat function in Benzinga Pro, going to the Pre-Market Prep chat room, and here we are. So welcome to our listeners from Pro on today's show. It's going to be an earnings show, folks. A lot of earnings. Disney, Beyond Meat, Activision, EA. Uh, we'll get to as many of them as we can because we didn't discuss as many as I wanted to yesterday. Our guest today is Tommy Lackey. He will join the show at 8.35. Tommy is the founding partner at Relativity Capital Advisors, and he's always got some good charts for us. So that'll be in about a half hour or so. Uh, I'll bring Joel on. Joel, give us a quick recap on what happened in the overnight session. So we got three chats going at one time, huh? That's got to yeah. be uh, that's got to be a record. Uh, well, we're in the green by sixteen and three quarters handles at twenty eight seventy five. Actually, a nice range overnight. Uh, had follow through on that week close at twenty eight forty three fifty. But by the dippers came in. They came in with a vengeance. They were probably following crude oil higher. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, got up to 2886.25. That's just shy of uh, the high from yesterday at 89.75. So we got a big level up top to get through in order to uh, that open path up to 2900. As I mentioned, uh, crude, I'm talking July here. It did trade up to 27.98, but we've had a reversal here. We are now down 41 cents at 26.08. So big reversal in crude. Gold down two bucks at 1708.60. You have silver going the opposite ways, man. Spreaders must just be getting rolled on that. Up 16 and a half cents at 15.275. And don't look now, Bitcoin fans. We got 10,000 in sight. It's back. It's back. Yeah, $520 worth of the The halving. The halving. Haveling. How do you say it, Spencer? Uh, the having you were right the first time. I like the haveling. No, what about the having? Because <laughs> these the Bitcoin havening. people always say everything silly. Anyways, I, I know nothing about Bitcoin, so I actually started to get bullish on Bitcoin before this whole COVID thing started, and Bitcoin was at ten thousand, and it went straight down after that. So I'm glad I'm not a Bitcoin trader because I would have lost a lot of money on that. Because uh, I would have been in January when I was obviously bearish the markets. I said I'd be bullish Bitcoin and something like this because if Bitcoin doesn't go up in a pandemic, it's never going to go up. It went straight down in the pandemic. So <laughs> I don't know what the hell I'm talking about in Bitcoin. So I'm staying out of Bitcoin trading probably for my entire life. The, it's all I mean, the Bitcoin having the having is happening in six days. The having so. is happening. Ooh, it's so exciting. Yeah. So do you, do you know what calving is? Do you know what calving is? Uh-oh, this is going to be a bad tangent, isn't it? This is not a bad tangent at all. Okay, tell me. Spencer, do you know? 
What is I the word? You... I've never even heard that word before. Yeah, it's uh, and I've seen it actually happen. It's uh, what is the word? It... Say it again. Wait, it's someone. Some do the horses, right? Nope, nope, All right. nope. Uh, no, no, no. Calving, C A L V I N G. Uh, it sounds it's like a... birthing of a calf. No, nope. It's when <laughs> uh, you're looking at a glacier, and like part of the glacier falls off, and it just it just crumbles right in front of you. It's called a calving, and... not a halving of the glacier. It's a calving of the glacier. Calving. Is what they Calvin. call it. And it's really, see, when I, you I learn was... stuff. Not only about the stocks, you learn stuff about English here too. There's a new word for you. Word of the day. Not having. It's, it's, it's beautiful. Calving or calfing. C a l v i n. You got to spell things for me. Yeah. C is I'm in Canadian. A is in A. L v i n. A l v i n. I've seen it happen in Alaska. Beautiful. All right, we got too many earnings to talk about this. Where do you want to go, Spencer? We're going to let you take the lead here, and we're going to cover everything in our sheet today. We are not going to deviate at all. Go ahead, Spencer. Okay, probably Disney. Also, I should mention before we get going, ADP at 815, it'll be our first real color uh, on uh, the unemployment rate. So ADP today, jobs claims tomorrow, jobs number on Friday. So keep that on your radar, Dennis, uh, in 10 minutes from now. Uh, Disney, let's go to DIS. What do we have in 10 minutes? ADP and 815. Yeah. Okay. So Disney yesterday, Q2 EPS, uh, the the coronavirus cost them, they said $1.4 billion, Q2 EPS, 60 cents versus an 88 cent estimate sales of 18, about 18 billion versus $17.8 billion estimate, a mixed report. Uh, Obviously their segment that got hit the hardest was parks and experiences down 10% on a year over year basis. They got, they got some help from Disney plus direct to consumer was up more than a hundred percent on a year over year basis in terms of revenue. Disney plus now has, what what did they say? It was 58, uh, 54 and a half. No, it was I, I just lost the year. Disney Plus numbers were excellent. Uh, Disney Plus, the thing is, somewhere in the fifties, uh, fifty million dollar, uh, fifty yeah. million subscribers. So that helps a little bit there. Uh, they had previously said, I believe, that it would take them the bulk of the year to get to sixty million, and they're already in the high fifties. So that helped to offset things. But this, make no mistake, it was a bad report. Make no mistake, we have no idea what it's going to look like going forward. So the the bad report and the bad numbers from the first quarter, remember, still encompass two and a half good months. So it's the last couple of weeks that obviously hits the first quarter. It's the second quarter, and obviously when we're going to go here, or is it you know Disney Q2? This was from up till April, up till the end of March, right? I'm just trying to yeah. It's it's Disney because they're talking Q2. about the second quarter too. It, it's Disney's fiscal Q2. It's their fiscal Q2, but it's still up to the end of March. That's what's messing me up because they're talking about Q2. And I was like, well, we're still in Q2. So yeah. it's their fiscal Q2. But when you look here, obviously, we know it didn't really get dicey until we got into April. And that's where we, you know, we've been talking about all the companies. It's not about what happened last quarter. It's about what's happening right now. What's going on in this quarter? We know the parks have no revenue right now. We know ESPN was always a mess. Um, We know Disney Plus is doing very well, but it's such a small portion of the company that I don't think it's going to even, you know, help, obviously, help the top line slightly, but it's not going to help the bottom line at all. It's difficult. And when they suspend the dividend, when Disney comes out and suspends the dividend, which I don't know if they've ever done that before. I'd have to go and look at my history books on Disney, but I don't remember them ever suspending the dividend, not my 20 years of prop trading. Um, it's significant. There are significant issues here. And they get a pass somewhat because they're Disney. But when you really think about it, cruise lines, airlines, Disney is right in that category right now. Crowd, crowded, confined spaces on these rides. There's not going to be this rush to go back to Disney World. I don't think like we come and we reopen. Let's say we just reopen the parks in August or September or even July. There's not going to be a rush. And what you were talking about, the Shanghai parks, they're trying to reopen that. But what did you say? It's going to probably be at like 30% capacity or something? So the Chinese government has mandated that when they open, they open at 30% capacity. But Disney said that they're, when they do open, they'll open well below that and eventually ramp up to that number. So their Shanghai, their Shanghai Park uh, gets about 80,000 visitors per day. So 30% of that is 24,000. So they're going to start below 24,000 people per day and ramp up to 24,000. And then, who, then is anyone's guess what happens from there? So we're talking about the parks operating at best 
thirty percent capacity. So, Spencer, you, you researched this before. How? What? Do you remember the percentage, Tommy? Like, with a great question. What's the percentage of income from the parks? Do we remember? It wasn't like twenty-five to thirty yeah, somewhere Spencer, there. Yeah, yeah, it was. About a third? Uh, it's about a quarter of the company. A quarter, quarter. of the revenue. Remember though, it's the, it's the good quarter. It's you know obviously they've got you know the cord cutting has hit ESPN. Disney has had some trouble in their other businesses. The movies have been fine, but that's getting hit. Actually, actually, I think it was more than a quarter. Maybe more than a quarter. Well, we should go and well maybe yeah. we could do this. And we obviously can't do it live on the show here right now. So I guess we should have been more prepared. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. I'll do it right now. But I, I just, yeah, go to the go to the balance. Go to their income statement and see where it breaks down because obviously you've got productions you know movie productions is a significant part as well and that's on hold because they're not making new movies right now so that portion of the business gets hit as well so really when you think about it the portion that's really doing probably really good is disney plus but it's such a part. small portion of it it just can't make up for it so i just think i, I Bill can't Lace i love says, uh, it's 37 percent 30 that's yep, what we're yep, getting from yep, yep. yeah 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 uh, 37 30, yeah he, he's Oof. right if 37 and media networks oh. is like media networks is like 33 ish the, the, the two highest businesses media and are, are both getting slammed here i mean obviously yes they own you know fox and we know they own some stuff in there but there's not going to be you know and, and then movies is that that's probably all tied into the media right is no, that where movies, that no no movies okay is where's that movies. how much is that because that's gonna get hit too uh, that is 15%. 15. So that gets slammed. Parks get slammed. Media probably doesn't get slammed quite as much, but it's not doing great. I mean, you look at this and you're like, this whole entire business is getting slammed right now. Disney is at ground zero for this. The reason it hasn't get, gotten hit, like the Carnival Cruise Lines, uh, the other ones, is because it's Disney. The franchise is just, you know, it's got the name Disney. It's got the power. I If you would have said to me, you know, last year in November, that I'd get a shot to buy Disney at a hundred bucks. I'd been backing up the truck, but no, I can't do it right now until I get more clarity on where we're going with this thing. Because if those parks stay closed for a long time, Disney might have to raise capital to get through. Like I don't know what their cash situation is. It's probably okay for a few months, but if you think that the park revenue is going to be down for the rest of 2020, like and also. You know, we're not running to watch movies here. And I know they're not obviously even doing any filming right now, to my understanding. Um, it, it's going to be a real ugly 2020. So what about, uh, burn. What, what about burn here? Yeah, I mean, you also could talk. Well, a couple things. First, I'll say about the parks is, you know, they still got the expenses. You know, they got to still. A lot of them. Yeah, right, right. And then also with the sports, I mean, the sports is a real wild card, too. Uh, the thing is, if you know, if we have fanless games and they're still televised, then there's still the television revenue. But uh, there, there's going to be some real major changes. I wouldn't want to own a professional franchise right now, and and any means. I mean, you're going to be losing a lot of capacity there. There's just too many unknowns there for the stock, and I, I yeah. it's just being resilient. I mean, it's down sixty cents. I think I saw it trading down at 98 99 i mean it's just so loved and there's a lot of optimism that we're coming out of this pretty quickly people there, there's still a lot of people you know i hear i'm gonna buy you know 100 shares of disney for or you know maybe not 100 depends on your financial situation i guess but i'm gonna buy some disney and throw it in my long-term portfolio for my kid i mean that sounds like a good idea it does sound like a good idea i want to do 80 that years i want to do years. that but i don't know if they're not going to have to like they could have to do an equity raise I mean, it's not off the table that you could have actually some dilution in Disney. It's possible. Then they're suspending the dividend temporarily. They're conservative. Conser they're, they're keeping their cash for a reason. And that's the first step is you get rid of the dividend temporarily. I mean, again, a, a vaccine, a cure changes everything. This is ground zero stock. This will be one that will rip it higher. Because when you, you, know, you look at on valuation perspective to last year's earnings, it's attractive at these prices. But we don't know what the earnings are going to be like going forward. They could be down for a long time. And if consumer habits change, like Warren Buffett was changing, and people are just going to get turned off of like being in crowds, nothing is more crowded than the Disney parks that they're deriving 35% of their revenue from. So it's difficult 
to just come in here and buy Disney at a hundred bucks in the current situation. Hey, Dennis, ADP is coming up here. I don't know if it's going to move the market. Go wide. Yeah, go wide. Go <laughs> wide. <laughs> that means when I'm sitting out there making markets. I shouldn't be making markets. You'll be now. like, oh, I'm getting filled. Ding, 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 no, I we'll, we'll see what happens to that ADP number. But uh, same here um, on Disney. I mean, hands off. Um, I know you guys were liking it, 130, 140, 150, and it had that gap to fill. And technically, it's holding up pretty well. But I um, I really think – I don't think we're going to move much on the ADP. No, you we're, don't think so? We're gonna, I don't think we're going to move much. Maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Well, um, Is it out? Mm -hmm. And we're, we've reached uh, the point. The the estimate is a is a net minus twenty one million jobs. And what is the number here? CNBC says breaking news. <laughs> we, we've got it. We've got to hunt it down in the pro. It comes right. Up uh, right okay, away. so it, was, it was ended up being just just above the estimate. Nah, it was, it's uh, it, yeah. it's yeah, down twenty million. Okay, it's a non-event. At least at this point in time, we're not really moving at all. We've moved a point. So. All right, let's go uh, let's I mean we've talked about this I think Q2 is you know going to be more important I think you know a lot of, like a lot of the problems here Disney's Q3 yeah 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 Q2 3 you know, that's what you know kind of the same a long time is that we're going to have to I mean Q, we're kind of getting a pass here we're getting out of Q1 Q2 though I think is going to be more telling but You've got uh, the support though if you just ignore all, everything that we're in and ignore logic and you look at just the chart here Joel what do you see? I mean, look at the last month. I see 99 bucks. It's got huge support here. Don't you? Yeah. It kind of jumps uh, out and bites. It's a Harlan Pyen. Harlan, if you're out there, hi. Uh, it's the Harlan Pyen chart where he says, look at a chart for the first two seconds. What level jumps out at you? A $9,900 jumps out at me and bites me in the nose. It's, it's, it's bottomed here if you look in April, a 9961 on April 13th. It bottomed here at 9913 on April 21st. It bottomed three days later, April 23rd, 9946. 9952. The last couple of days, just above 100. We were trading 99.98 last night. We're bouncing there too. Support is support until it's broken. Yep. So if you want to trade technically, you have a support level. So I can't argue if you're, if you're coming in here. I'm not putting Disney in my long-term portfolio. As a trade, there's support here. Takes the 98 out, starts going 97. I wouldn't want any part of it because then you've got a slippery slope down to the low 90s. But as long as it's holding 98.99, support is support until it's broken. All right, uh, Triple D, uh, just real quick before we go on our next earnings report, someone asked what you liked in the chart when you bought Glue Mobile. I responded that it was a little bit more of a sympathy play uh, with the other uh, stocks in this sector, but uh, do you want to explain? Did Quiet you see consolidation um, up at the highs. It wasn't selling off. So you had the big run if you look in April. And, we, and, and, and so at first I wanted a story. The story, you know, and, and Michael Pachter gave us a story when he was on our show a week and a half ago. And I believe he said Glue Mobile was positioned well for the way that they're set up. He said Zynga wasn't positioned as well as Glue Mobile. He liked Glue Mobile better. In that case, so I've got an analyst that covers the stock, or at least, you know, it covers this gaming sector. Nobody, I believe, knows the gaming sector from a fundamental basis better than Michael Pachter. Um, he's given me Candy Crush before. Uh, when, when Michael likes something, I listen. He gave me Activision. The whole reason I'm still in Activision ATVI is because of Michael Pachter. I bought it but back at $50 <laughs> because Michael Pachter was on our show, and he said in two years this is a double. And that was before the whole COVID thing. And now it's got, obviously, you know, that everybody's playing a little bit more video games. He liked Glue Mobile, too, and he's on our show. So now I've got it on my list. I've played Glue Mobile before. I sold it, and I wanted to rebuy it sometime. Um, this isn't like a value, like earnings play here. This is just, uh, I think we're, you know, we have a, a lot of people playing games right now. And this is online gaming. So it's had a nice run from a technical basis. I, I like the two. So I've got the fundamentals all set up. I like my ducks in a row. And now I have the technicals kind of setting up well too. So I was looking at it where it's had the run up in April from like 550 up to eight bucks. Quiet consolidation for about a week and a half, right around the eight. Not giving it back. Not giving it back. So I, I struck, I believe, May 1st or May 2nd, right in there, and I got it at 790. I, I think it was actually just the day before I had the big run. So May 4th, I guess, 790, a couple, few days ago. And, um, and then obviously had a nice run yesterday, so it broke out. So I still like Glue Mobile. I believe it broke out. I believe the stock um, has, could run to 10. Um, it's not a long, long-term trade for me, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me it could run to 11 or 12. But it's a swing trade, so I'm going to be in this for a little while. Okay, I would say my stop out point being the low of the move now, which is 751. 
Uh, we're leaking here. We're, uh, we're only up 10 handles here. Uh, giving back a lot of the gains uh, from early this morning. I'm looking yeah. mid-range on the session here. It's 65. So uh, a little bit of a fade going on here. A uh, great segue here into Activision. Uh, good earnings from ATVI. Yeah, and we'll do ATVI and EA together because okay. they're going sure. they're going opposite ways here this morning. Yeah, uh, both with uh, pretty good reports, though. I'll, I'll do the uh, ATVI numbers first. Uh, EPS fifty eight cents versus thirty eight cents. Revenue one point five two versus one point three two billion dollars. So a beat and a beat uh, handedly for Activision Blizzard. And then I'll get the EA numbers for you. EPS, buck uh, forty-three versus ninety-eight cents. Sales, one point three eight versus one point one nine billion. So another beat and beat for EA. Both gave uh, some guidance uh, for upcoming bookings, and they're going opposite ways. Pete, um, I'm going to tell you right now. I actually own both of these in my long-term portfolio. Um, I, I was going to play the game and Joel, maybe Joel guessed in the pre-market of what stock did I buy last night in my long-term portfolio. And it was EA. I okay. went in uh, after hours last night and it's again, I, I've owned all, I own all these gaming stocks now. I just think video games aren't going away. They were actually an okay segment coming in. Um, and I think COVID and I think people, you know, concerned and a lot of people staying at home are playing more video games. So I see a pullback in EA and what was the low last night, Joe? Cause you're not going to believe where I got this in my long-term account. Uh, EA on the dip. Let's yeah. see here. Uh, the actual low, it was a spike low to 112.22. Let me guess, 112.50. Holy, you're good at guessing. I got it at 112.55, I believe. <laughs> and just a, not a huge position, just a, just a light little, nice little position. But um, I, I, I'm like, it's down seven bucks. It's got the COVID, you know, potential to bounce back because even if we're in a lockdown, gaming stocks are in favor right now. The, re- the quarter, and give, did you give her the results for Yeah, You did, right? Yeah, they were good. The quarter was good. It was a good quarter. It was just priced for perfection. And I like buying stocks that have good quarters and then sell off when they're priced for perfection. So I saw lots of support down there in the 111 area. And I was like, I think it holds. So I actually was part of the buy, you know, the, the bottoming process in this last night, I guess. Uh, but yeah, so um, I bought this for my long-term portfolio, 112.55. And so now I own Activision Blizzard, which I, I kind of almost wanted to sell in the report because I had run so far, but I held it. What are you going to so do I've got now? Activision Blizzard, I've got Take-Two, I've got EA, I've got Glue Mobile. Those are all the gaming stocks. And Microsoft, I guess, is kind of, you know, got a big game portion too. I've got all those stocks in my long-term portfolio. Did I tell you that uh, uh, Mike Olson, remember we've had Mike Olson on from Piper? Did I tell you what he's doing now? What's he doing? He went over to the Minnesota Vikings, and he is heading up their uh, e-gaming team, their e-gaming division. That's a, the, the, the e, we, we've talked about esports and it has been talked about for a while, but esports is still for real. And that's another tailwind for these gaming stocks in the yeah, long I think run. So too. I, I think video games are not going away. I think uh, the younger generation, and especially when they're growing up on iPads and they're growing up, you know, you know, they, 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 my, my two year old can use an iPad. I mean, the video games are not going away. So I think it's something that, you know, when you're thinking about long term potential investments, I think the video games stocks are still good. Yes, the valuation, some of them are a little bit, you know, they're, they're not the cheapest things in the world, but there's some tailwinds here that cannot be denied. And that's that is, why was pullbacks. this a trade or is this a long-term? Oh, I put it in my long-term account. This isn't a trade. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Although, uh, I, although sometimes I will get myself out of stocks that I put in my long-term account if they break support. So I'm looking okay. at about 110, 111. I see that. Yeah. I could okay. be talked out of it again. I have a lot of exposure to gaming. The, the, the counter trade and the counter trade to all of this is we are opening up. So, you know, we are going to open up for a while. And if the opening up goes well, you know, maybe some of these tailwinds that are going into some of these video game stocks comes out. It's possible. I'm not confident. My opinion, this my personal opinion, you can take it, you know, whatever. But my personal opinion is I don't think the opening is going to go that well. I think you're going to have a few weeks where everybody's kind of excited and, oh, yeah, we're opening up. We're looking like we're getting out of this. But I don't think COVID is going away. And I think there's still going to be a lot of people that are spooked. I've talked about this. So I don't think people are just going to rush back to the parks, rush back to the restaurants, rush back to the airlines, rush back to you know, the cruise lines. I, I don't see that everybody's rushing back into that. So and if people are still going to kind of like, I'll kind of go out, but I want to be home more than I used to, the gaming stocks still benefit from that. 
So that's why I like the gaming stocks. All right, let's uh, let's just real quickly go over the technicals here. You got a nice bounce in EA. I will give you the level of control on the upside, and that's 116 because you bounced off that 112.22. Uh, whoever picked it up early there is scalping. They're out at 116. How does that relate to uh, yesterday's low? Oh, beautiful setup here. Yesterday's low, 116.30. So, boom, you get above that. Maybe you work your way up to the close of 119.61, but very important to clear yesterday's low at 116.30. For Activision Blizzard here, uh, I mean, it had a big run yesterday, and when I talked about it on the uh, – on um, at the close show, man, I thought seventy one. I thought that that really was going to run into some problems there because there were two monthly highs just under seventy one. That's not turning out to be the case right now. We're trading above seventy three dollars, seventy three ten, up four fifty seven at the highs of the session. So maybe for this one, just see where that pre market high is and use that as a bogey. You're getting your next monthly high doesn't come in until I believe in the 78, 78, 98. I don't think that's on the radar for today. No. Uh, and you're through some retracements and stuff. So I know we're well through the 50 because we went, what was the old time here? 85. And then what did you get down to? You got down to 40, didn't you? Yeah. 45 point Coming move. Coming up to like the 61. You threw yeah. The 61. So we're well through that. And we're actually through the, uh, 0.618 Fibonacci yeah, extension. Yeah, and yeah. and I guess the only other thing is your 0.875. And if you get through that, you're going all time highs. And it, I don't If people are out. still spooked and if the lockdown, uh, you know, if we had to go back in a lockdown, all these stocks are in favor. Um, I don't know. I hope that's not going to happen that we have to go back in a lockdown, but it's not off the table either. I, I, I think there's, I think there's a decent chance Activision eventually makes all time highs. So I'm sticking with it. You got in this one early, though. I mean, you, you. I did. I was early on it, and and you know what? And Michael Pactor was early on this too. And I got in at fifty, and it went down to forty. But I stuck with it because the valuation was still somewhat attractive there, and I didn't think gaming was going away. You know, the way they make these mo the money too. Activision Blizzard makes a lot of skins, like inside purchases inside the games. It's kind of like you know ingenious business models. I mean, you know, they, you know, selling the stuff inside the games to make your gaming experience better. I mean, it's, you know, you just, boom, you can just, you know, buy the thing and you have your... And you know what else the company really has going for it? Probably the best thing. What's that? Bobby Kodak. He went to Michigan. <laughs> and he's actually... I was got to bring Michigan into this. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> good friends with my buddy's brother, but I mean, he goes on CNBC. So I don't know if he if he wants to step up to the plate and come on PMP after being on CNBC. Uh, but uh, anyways, uh, I, I don't know where this one's going to stop. I would just say that, you know, as long as it holds above 71 today. Uh, Hard to really, chase it. Yeah. Though here. I'm not, I'm not chasing it. I'm in it. I'm holding it, but I'm not buying it up at 73. I'm not buying more shares. I pulled back, I bought shares. So again, same thing thing you can see what's happening here buying dips selling rips that's kind of my story before we go to our next earnings report daniel manahan is asking can we talk about yesterday's spy uh dump later in the day wow. and that was yeah. spencer spencer and i were on and it just seems like it was just a little bit of a nervous market you had yeah. a couple fed boys speaking and there was some news about uh you know, maybe some uh, more cases in Europe and stuff. But that last hour is tricky, folks. I mean, you know, the the liquid, the, the big boys coming in that last hour. Uh, but as you can see, the market rebounded right from it. So I don't think there was any specific reason for that decline. Uh, we had rallied 120 S&P points, but uh, I really can't put my, my finger on one particular thing for the for the reason for that sell-off yesterday. Sometimes you don't need a reason, and maybe exactly. we're just overbought a bit. I mean, we were 279 the day before. I was on the show yesterday morning at 287. I was like, if you're buying here, you're doing it backwards. Well, it worked for four hours because we kept going up, but eventually we did you know, succumb, and we eventually did start selling off. I'm more inclined to sell this uh, pop here. I think you got some resistance up at 289 to 290. Yep. So for the day traders out here, I'm more inclined to sell the pop here, even as a trade. Again, same story, selling rips and buying dips. Um, we're going to see, you know, I know, you, you know we're not technical and pattern traders as much. We trade some technicals, but you can see on this SPY, if you bring it up, 
there is the potential that we could be forming some type of head and shoulders here. And um, just looking at the left shoulder in the you know first part of April, the head right up there, you can see when we spiked up yep. to 295, just, you know, going back six sessions ago. Now we're kind of just, you know, making a little bit of a right shoulder. That could take some time. I think you have a battleground between 278 and 288 spy, that 100-point range, for a while here. But I think, you know, buying up at the top of the range, I'd rather be buying down at 280 spy and selling up at like 288 to 289. So that's kind of how I'm playing it a bit. But I still think we're not out of the woods. And I tweeted last night um, – the technology stocks is the whole reason we've held up. And Spinner making a good point to me last night, oil coming back is helping. Oh, right huge now. help. That's helping, for sure. What is concerning to me is that the banks really aren't participating. Um, and I don't know if you can continue to go up to all-time highs without the financials. So we've, we've done a lot of things without the financials, and it has worked, but um, we're in this situation where credit's going to become an issue. I see Wells Fargo sitting right down yesterday again. Market way up, Wells Fargo's down a buck. Yes, it got downgraded, but other banks were in the red yesterday too. It was an ugly tape for some sectors yesterday, and it was an ugly tape for the financials because the market was strong, and the financials were once again weak. Something like is just going on in the financials, and I think it's the concern that we could be a lot of their businesses. I mean, I even talked to, you know, you, you talk to the banks right now, but he works at the banks um, in the commercial department. He's like, there's nothing going on. I mean, we're closed. There's nothing going on. The bank's earnings are not going to be good going forward. I mean, in this next quarter, they're going to be ugly. Um, yes, they were okay for the last quarter, but you know, big banking, we don't see it. And we had a, the, the, the first deal that we've had, you know, think of investment banking. First deal we had was yesterday and it was like some small $1 billion deal. There's no M&A. There's not a lot of big deals here happening. I mean, yes, you're going to get some, you know, some offerings and some stuff from, you know, some <laughs> of the bank, investment banks can help with that. But big banking deals are on hold. And then there's some bad loans. And obviously, you know, we know that they've got to raise their capital reserves for potential bad loans here. There's a lot of things to be worried about in the banks. And I'm just going to say it again. Financial crisis part two is still not off the table. I talked about this back in February. It started to look like March. It's like, oh, crap, this could actually happen. And now we've bounced, and we've bounced significantly. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I don't want to own a lot of banks because I don't know it's not going to happen. Uh, some of the uh, longer-term investors that I could sell with, and I'm you know, looking at the chart and stuff, and you know, hard not to panic when the SPY went down like to 225. I was really convinced when we had that 50% retracement when the SPOOs were at you know, 2780, you know, 2800. I was like, whew, you know, man, this is a great place to lighten up. If you, if you didn't you know, panic at the bottom, then of course we did that sprint to 2900. The way I look at it, with all the you know the factors that you're talking about, maybe you know we don't have to go up to 3300. We don't have to go back to 2500. We could be we could be in a trading range. We could be in a 2700 to 2950, 3000 trading range for the next two, three, four, five months. The market doesn't always have to go to extreme levels. So what I'm hoping for, you know, from a long-term perspective is, you know, I guess the best, best case scenario is we break out, go to 3000, go to new all time highs. I don't think, I don't think we're going to do that with this certainty. Worst case scenario is boom, the bottom falls out. We go test 2100, but the most likely or 2200, the most likely scenario is it just chop. You just, yeah. it, it, it consolidate. The market yeah. consolidates and trades in a range much more than it has the kind of moves that we had in March and April. And I, I think that's the new norm until, you know, we get more clarity. We, on we, you're exactly right. I think selling, I think you're going to be range bound, selling rips and buying dips, fade trade. And, you know, people say, what do you mean by selling rips and buying dips? I mean, when the S&Ps are falling off 100 points in two days, I'm more prone to buy stocks. When they're rallying 100 points in two days, which they just did, I'm more inclined to sell stocks. And just, you know, and that's my bias. And obviously, you know, you're trading and you're and I'm doing all kinds of different, you know, I do arbitrage type strategies. I do all kinds of different things. But, you know, from a, from a you know, management, money management perspective, I'm not buying stocks, my portfolio, when we're up 100 points. I'm buying them when we're down 100 points, unless they're having significant falls in a stock that I like, like EA. So that's where I take an exception. I mean, we had a significant fall, stock came back down to a support level I like, and it's still got a story, and I don't think COVID is going away. So all my ducks in a row, I strike an EA. 
You want to start? You want to strike with one more earnings report here out yes. of uh, the Motor City? You want to go oh, to wow. General Motors? Oh, we can do that. I was going to go to Beyond Me, but we'll do that after we get Tommy. Let's do GM real fast. And this one is a bit of a uh, misnomer because the report was fine. It was good, actually. Yeah, it's good numbers. E- yeah, EPS, 62 cents versus 33 cents. Sales, 32 billion versus 31 billion. But they said that the real damage will come uh, this quarter. Of course, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. I mean, again, when you look at General Motors, they had two and a half months of completely normal activity. Nothing even happened. You know, when did we go to in the lockdown? Really, not until like it was March. End of end, like but near the end of March. Me, but... Near the end of March, the first two weeks of March was somewhat normal. I mean, the market didn't even start selling off until the beginning of March. So you had, yeah, I guess you saw in February, but then you had the bounce. So I mean, really, it didn't really start getting ugly until mid-March. And obviously the market was predicting because we were starting to get ugly, but you know, normal business activity for the first two and a half months was kind of normal. So it's not surprising that GM's earnings for last quarter were okay. This next quarter is gonna be an epic disaster. We know that. That's why the stock is priced where it is. It's a matter of you know, where it goes from here. I don't think even if we come out of this, that people are running to buy new cars. So I, I, I'm a little bit torn on that. I'm a little bit torn on that because I don't think people are going to be going to Disney World. I don't think they're going to be traveling. I don't think they're going to be going on vacation. They're like, hey, I'm going to get my size a nice ride. I'm a nice. Maybe. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, real uh, quickly, I think we there's a lot of people, Tommy. though. Like we think like Wall Street. And obviously we know a lot of people who traders in Wall Street. But Main Street is trying to pay the bills. Yeah, I mean, there's right. you think about the 20% of the workforce has lost their jobs. I mean, that's a lot of cars not going to be sold. People definitely who lost their jobs aren't buying a new car. So I just think there's so many people who are struggling to make ends meet that I don't see how General Motors sales don't implode for a prolonged period of time. We got to get to Tommy Lackey. I just want to say someone has an opinion here at 23 bucks. We've popped up here uh, on three different 15-minute brackets. So there's a seller perch to 23. You take 23 out, maybe you challenge the high of the move. Uh, Man, another high at 23.44. So let's see what happens that 23 even get through there, 23.44. This stock has a history of being pretty wild on earnings. Do we got uh, Do we got Tommy on in the background? We do. I'll bring him on. Tommy Lackey is a managing partner and portfolio manager at a Relativity Capital Advisors. Tommy, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're doing okay. Good is to that see a Peloton? you. No. I no no no. I'm not that. Uh, I am not I that high fashion. I had to say it. Actually, that, unfortunately, I wish that thing got a lot more use than it does. <laughs> Mine doesn't get any use either, Tommy, so don't feel bad about it. How's it going? Doing great. How about you guys? We're here. We're here. We're just doing fighting the good fight. That's what we keep doing. You, you know, know it's, it's funny you say that. I think the day-to-day play is the best way to do things right now. And, and listening to FinTwit and even listening sometimes to you guys and all that, it's amazing how quickly we can get caught in our, uh, our views. What are your views on the current situation? Like, let's just get the overall Tommy Lackey view on the current situation from a financial standpoint, but also from a personal standpoint. You know, how are you holding up? I'm holding up fine. My day really has not changed at all, other than our kids are at home. Other than that, I go to work, I go home and play with my kids. So that's uh, about it. So it really doesn't too. change all that much. Um, I'm not a fan of the whole lockdown thing and all that. I don't believe that places like where I am that are very rural should have to do it as cities do. I believe populate living in dense pop population places is a choice. It has both benefits and consequences. So that's kind of my view on the overall. Um, however, you know, it really doesn't change my day-to-day work or anything like that. And this has been very interesting to go through because, you know, as you guys know, one of my big bases is I use a lot of breadth work and I use a lot of relative strength work. Um, that kind of combine for what I do. And I do a lot of ETF based stuff as well as stock stuff. But, you know, the breadth work really started showing some bottoming out and things like that around mid March. Um, And I have a few tweets out and I believe I even came in y'all's chat around the end of March saying that we were real close. Of course, no one knows when and we could have made a lower low but we were real close and seeing that there was a good bit of uh, potential upside opportunity. Um, But it's just so hard when you have the level of velocity that we had to not be somewhat petrified as you go into that now. And I said, since then wrote a lot to my clients telling them that, look, 
if we hadn't made changes in late January, now's not the time to make them. We need to see how this bounce goes. We need to see what actually gets attention and participation and what doesn't out of the lows. And then we start making changes. So the last week or two is when we've started really starting to look and start making changes as we've been moving sideways, because the breadth work I do and the relative strength work are very, very clear that there is a huge bifurcation in what's going on out there. And that's what y'all been talking about every day in the markets. And that's the problem. I think so many people are, are, are still, throwing the baby out with the bathwater saying we need to because of the fear of the forward, as opposed to some of the numbers have been much stronger than expected, even though you're right, April numbers are going to come out and be the ones that are uh, uh, the worst, but our worst fear was last month. So when last month's numbers came out better, I think we come off the lows on the fear side to where even when next month's numbers come in bad, I believe there is a chance that they're digested decently because we expected it by then. Um, now, I'm not a V recovery guy, but I also do not believe that a retest of the lows has to happen. But I said in those first couple of weeks very clearly that if we have a retest within the first two or three weeks, it's not a retest. It's just we're going to new lows retests like this on major moves down like this are months and sometimes quarters later not a couple days. So this is what we're feeling out now and now through the summer is to see whether we actually retest or not. And I'm not convinced we will. I mentioned to a gentleman yesterday that I believe there's a, the, the worst thing that could possibly happen is that we have a huge trading range, which I think could be as wide as 3135 down to 2450 that just beats people to death all summer. So that's kind of the potential that I think could happen, just an excruciating back and forth. And every time we get our hopes up, we get kicked in the face. Every time we get real negative, it starts working its way back up because there's so the one thing we have different now that we've never had in history is that we have had the largest and the quickest response by both the Fed and fiscal that's ever happened in any crisis ever. So to weigh this one against those perhaps crises is leaving out huge, huge variables. And that's my problem with looking at history. We always look at it to some extent, but the reality is the variables are always different. So don't ever expect the exact same thing to happen again. I mean, that's a huge part of the equation is the Fed. Without the Fed, this market would be significantly lower than where it is right now. Absolutely. So as it goes down, the Fed is going to defend the market. So that is another part of the bull thesis as well. I completely agree with you. I think we're going to chop around for a long time. But um, I think the Fed played it almost perfectly too, because while Congress was diddling and liquidity was just basically going to zero, the Fed sent out a bazooka just the right time. I mean, I've never seen them in my 25-year career play it as well to try to stave off a potential further crisis than they did this time. They did Whether a good it works job. or not, I don't know. So, so Tommy, what are you coming in here and buying right now? Uh, well, again, I don't think right now you can go and just jump with everything. I think you want to make your decisions. And when we get some of those pullback days and things like that, like Joel was talking about earlier, you start looking at interest. Like, but one area I really like, and I said earlier, was tech and healthcare are both still strong. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the biggest guys. Yes, they're getting big intentions, but look at something like now. Look at something like NOW. Look at something like Team. Look at, yeah. you know, some of these yeah. guys that are up at their highs. You were talking about the gaming. You know, I consider them consumer discretionary, but EA and Activision and some of those, you know, those guys are still at the highs. And I don't think it's necessarily going to taper off when things open up. Because like you said, there's still going to be now the choice of going out. Right. I don't think we should be closed down, but I have no urge to go to any of these places because I didn't go that much before. You know, I like going you... out and playing on the lake with my family and another family, and that's about it, you know. So, so that's kind of the way I view it, but some people are still going to have that fear and have that there. So that, you know, another one that I really like is uh, you can look at the ETF IHI. Should I share my screen? I might ought to. You can, yeah, yeah. Go, go for it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Let me uh, pick. Because it's very ugly. IHI, that's the medical devices ETF from Medical Devices ETF. Yeah. 
You know, and something I threw in the chat a minute ago, I just want to show you guys real quick before we go on when y'all were talking about uh, financials um, is right here. If you look at this, the breakdown in the S&P is financials are one of the lowest weightings they've ever been at. Yeah. And that's something we've got to be looking at. Now, they're a little higher in the IWM, which obviously we can see, yep. um, as well as energy. But financials are so low, and healthcare and technologies are really where this key is. Now, of course, a lot of that technology is the big five. But like I said, there's a lot of other guys out there that are basically able to move these markets if you're in the, picking the individual stocks. Now, IHI was the one in healthcare. You know, in technology, I would still be looking at software. Um, there are, I've really done a lot more ETF work. How do I move back to a different screen? You can uh, click on the green share screen button again, and then you can just pivot to a different screen from there. But all of that disappeared too. My whole here. thing disappeared. Here, let oh. me, uh, here, let's, let's try that. So now awesome. uh, you uh, just reset it. There we go. So Thank you, you. you can, can um, show, show us some charts, Tommy. What do you got? That like a master's in Zoom now. I'm going one and then I'm just going to make this big. This is my, this is what I look at right here to where if I'm looking at oh. any security, I look at this phrase. I'm going to go to a single chart so you're not killed, but I look <laughs> at it from a lot of different views to kind of see where I think things are going, but looking at IHI, let's jump there real quick. This is the medical devices chart. Um, again, biotech's been the hot one. Biotech's still strong, but this medical devices chart has come off the lows very well, has given very little, if any, back over this last month. And then, so, you know, if you want to be an ETF and want to look at something a little more uh, spread out, this is a great look. And down here, if you look in the bottom panel where the RSI is, we have a RSI that basically closed lower with a higher price close here. I call this a positive reversal. RSI positive reversal. When this happens, it's not too often that the, the indicator closes lower and then the price closes higher up here on the price chart. That right there often is a very good strength signal that this, this rollover is not going to last, that you just, you just put in a short-term pivot back higher. And so with this one, this is one good example and probably the, my favorite in it is ISRG. I mean, look at that consolidation. It's gone across a month. You got a lot of little wow. uh, buy days in there. You got some yep. distribution days as well. We got a little buy days. Volume has dropped off as we've gone across. And so really, we just need to see it pop out of this over about 525-ish in that area. And you've got a very easy play here against about 490 if you want to be loose and you want to hold it longer term term, excuse me, shorter term, once it gets over that level, once you come back below yesterday's candle around 510, you could use that as a stop as well. So pretty tight to be able to play against for a short or a long-term play with that one. But that's one area that I think is one that people ought to, uh, to look at outside of just your basic uh, biotech type looking. Um, in technologies, again, I think people still miss um, – some of the different, especially in the ETF markets now, things we can find and we can look at. Hack is the one that's cybersecurity. Splunk had some big news yesterday. Yep. FEY is having some big news and all that. Look how much, how quickly this one is made up. You got a lot of accumulation volume in here. Your RSI is already back in a bull range and you have another one of those positive reversals right there. So again, you're playing against that low probably around 38, 44 if you want to be tighter. And then you can play over probably around 40.65, which is the highest close in this move, and just move your stop up with you. You know, some of the softwares now, I love the fact that they have trailing stops. Put in a trailing stop if you're worried about it. You know, grab what you can and keep moving. And that's one of the areas in this market that you can look at that. But these are the kind of things to where I like it. Now, I said that uh, that's on the breakout side, but I always have two levels. So, like, on this one right here, if it pulls back, 36 would be, would be an area I'd really love to see how it holds up. Again, you don't know whether it's support or resistance until you get there. And once you get there and test it, then you can get an idea of that. I mean, cybersecurity is something that's going to be there regardless of where, if we're home Correct. or we're not at home. I mean, this is, you know, again, that's why technology is held up so well too, because so many of these stocks still do well, even with social distancing. I mean, the so that, they the can work that, in both environments. 
Correct. And the thing that's great about where we are today, I mean, I know a lot of people don't like the idea of free trades and all that, but the thing that's for people, cause it can hurt people. But the thing that's great about this and all the tools that we have is man, if you looked into my sheets that I have just on ETFs, I can get so granular with an ETF and still own 30 companies. What, what, do, you, what, what do you mean by granular? Granular just, means like with hack. Just so, just so niche. Just so niche. niche. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like there's one called iBuy. Yeah. I-B-U-Y. There's another one I pay, I-P-A-Y, that are basically specific into these different payment processing or hack or you know medical devices or all these different little things. Um, I think there's the opportunity there that is huge. I don't really want to own cars right now, but there's an ETF just for automotive. You know, once we do see things kind of playing there coming back, I talked last week about if someone really wanted to play the beaten down things, they should play PEJ, which is an entertainment ETF that has hotels, airlines, you know, your other big venues like media companies, all of that. So again, if you're looking for the beaten down guy, why pick one? If you're and looking to play it six to eight minutes. This, this is what I was going to say earlier, but I didn't get the chance to. Uh, Dennis, you own like half, you own like five video game stocks. Why not just own ESPO, ESPO or Hero, right? I mean, uh, you could do it that way too. Yeah, yeah. And I like to own the stocks, this. but. <laughs> here's why I'm saying this is we're in here all day, every day. There's a lot of people, I think, that listen to this show that are in here a little bit, but then they go to work at nine. Yep. And then try to catch what they can. And so if you're in that realm, but yet you still want to be more active than just being in an index, these ETFs out here today are wonderful. I've put together some great relative strength screens. Maybe we'll show next time or look at next time that are really that I have every sector broken down with all the ETFs. I have all the majors. I have all the internationals, all that in their own little scans. And it is just awesome to see how they're moving different during this time. So are you like are you looking for ETFs uh, to buy? Like, are you looking at, the, you start with a chart and then you go from there or do you start with, I want to buy some, some something in tech and then you I go start, from there? I start basically, since I do all the breadth work and remember my breadth work breaks all the way down to industries. Okay. I don't just look at broad breadth. I can look all the way down at semiconductors and see how many semiconductors are above the 50 day moving average versus mm-hmm. not and all that. So I've done that for a decade now. And so with most, with about half of my business and my clients, we invest them in ETFs and all that because they just don't need the single company risk to still get the returns. And they don't want to trade every day. They don't want me trading for them every day. So I'm managing portfolios more in sectors because I can't just do indexes and I can't do passive. It's just not me. But on the other side for like our Hawk Alka Discovery strategy and all those that are individual stocks, we just keep drilling down. And you just keep getting all the way down until you get where you want. I'm not a fundamental guy. That's why y'all were telling me about Disney earlier. I'm looking at the chart and the relative strength. I've got my own relative strength calculations that tell me who's moving now. Because again, even with that, remember my relative strength is three months. Whereas most people's is six and 12. So I catch the terms. And then I move from there to the chart to say, okay, how much strength do I really have here to support this relative strength move? All right, Tommy Lackey has been with us. He is the managing partner, founding partner, and uh, PM at Relativity Capital Advisors with some really good charts. And we'll have to uh, get you back on to. Uh, I'm all about nerding, nerding over ETFs, so we can uh, talk more ETFs next oh, time. Oh yeah, Tommy. would love to. Anytime yeah. you want me to, I'm kind of back in the swing. I know how to drop off for a year or so, but love to come <laughs> on anytime you guys want me. Great, awesome, Tommy. Be safe out there, and uh, thanks, thanks for coming. Tommy. Thanks, thanks Tommy. guys. Have a great day. All right, uh, I want to get to Beyond Meat. Yeah, we got Beyond Meat. I'm getting a lot of requests here. I think we got Beyond Meat and Shopify. Yeah, all right, all right. Let's roll. Let's go. Beyond Meat, this one's good. EPS three cents versus a six cent loss estimate. Revenue ninety-seven million versus an eighty-six million estimate. So they beat the estimates and they destroyed on a year-over-year basis. A year ago, they lost fourteen cents and made forty million dollars. And last quarter, they made three cents and they more than doubled their revenue. So they crushed it on a year-over-year basis and they blew away the estimates for EPS and revenue. We know the business has been doing well. We know the business is probably going to continue to do well. It's always been just a story of valuation for me. That has never made any sense, which is why it's never won my long-term portfolio. But the story is intact. 
and um, it's obviously held up fairly well from a relative strength perspective. I mean, we rallied significantly from the $54, 50 or $48 low, I guess it got down to. But, I mean, the story's intact. With that being said, I would say your first point of resistance is taking Joel's levels uh, here, 116.64, the high from five days ago. What's it do there? I don't know where it went to in the pre-market. You got, but... it, you got a level ahead of that, and I'll just give you one level, yep. and we'll move on. Uh, yep. Double top on a 15-minute chart, 112.80. We've leaked $3. You got to get up there. You got to clear that thing, or we're giving back some gain. So big, big number, 112.80 beyond me. Then the other one you want to talk about, I forget already. You mentioned Shopify. Oh, my goodness. How do I forget about Shopify? So priced for absolute perfection coming in, made a new all-time high yesterday. Earnings, which Spencer Israel will give you in a second, were fine, but priced just for perfection. So not surprising, yep. get a little bit of profit taking. Shopify out this morning. Uh, let me get their numbers. Uh, EPS, 19 cents. I don't know if that's comparable. Uh, maybe it is to an 18 cent loss Probably. estimate. Uh, they blew the EPS number away. Sales, they also uh, beat $470 million versus a $443 million estimate. So they beat the estimates for EPS and revenue. They said uh, subscription solutions revenue grew 34% on a year-over-year basis. They specialize in getting businesses online. To, you know, they, they specialize in helping businesses to sell stuff online. It's a COVID stock and it has traded like, or and I shouldn't say COVID, it's a social distancing stock. It, it can be played that way. Shopify works in both environments. We know people are buying more stuff online. They're going to buy even more online after this, after we get out of this. So Shopify story, I think the stock is eventually going to a thousand bucks. Um, the valuations very high. We know the valuation has never been, you know, attractive. But I owned it, and I took an exception just because I set up with the Canadian aspect. And um, they've got so many tailwinds here going. Um, they're going to be coming out Amazon eventually too. They're doing everything right. They're firing on all cylinders. Great company. It's over. It's just run so far. But with that being said, I sold my stock at six twenty two weeks ago. I bought it at like three hundred. It was over a double for me. And I want to get it back. If we pull back to low 600s, I might just rebuy it because I regret selling it. So even though valuation is nuts, I just want to own the stock. <laughs> so okay. I'm looking at this as a buying opportunity to buy the dip. I want it a little bit lower. I don't know if I'm going to get it lower. I think there is people who will buy this dip in the low 600s if it, if it gets there. I don't think it, I don't think it's going to get there. Uh, interesting chart. You did have a reversal now trading in the red. Uh, on upside, an area where I think you'll find good resistance if you happen to rally would be that old-time closing high price from yesterday. It's 686.11. There's my resistance. Uh, for your bulls here, you take out 662 and you're on your own. I do see the pre-market low at 655, but your two-day low is down at 617. So if you're, if you're picking a bottom between those two levels, I think you're just throwing darts here. Uh, but um, there are two levels for Shopify. Uh, let's go to Pinterest here. This one, this one's a bit weird. So not. I, not I thought a, this was the one you might have bought. Uh, I, nah. You know what? <laughs> but I looked at it, but I, I, I thought this. I might could get talked one. into it. Talk me into it somehow. No, I could no, get talked no, into no, it. Not I can't do even that. pronounce the name of the company. How can I? Talk <laughs> I could get talked about? into it. I'll say that. <laughs> All right, so this is this is not maybe not great. The CEO said they saw a record number of people turn to Pinterest last month, and yeah, they still lost money. They lost uh, twenty five cents per share versus an eight cent loss uh, estimate. They made, uh, I'm sorry, their sales were two hundred seventy one million versus a two hundred seventy million dollar estimate. So they're still losing money despite a record number of people coming to the site. Their earnings were okay. I mean, not great. The, the, uh, it had had a, just a hell of a run too. I mean, we're yeah, down from 10 to 21. So it's not surprising that I would pull back. Uptrend is still probably from, you know, you're, you're getting hit. So the uptrend's broken here, definitely broken. But 15, if you were to get to 15, and I'm not saying you're going to do that, I think it's going to get bought before that. But there's major support. Not, you know, go even before that. You go 16. Yeah, 16 is halfway, Dennis. Yeah. Say 16s. Yeah. I mean, and we got down to 16.70 last night. I think yep. it holds. I, yeah. I, I could get talked into buying the dip on Pinterest. It's not one that's on my shopping list. It hasn't been on my shopping list. I could, I could get talked into it, 
but again, that burning sound a lot like of cash, it's good, a tough environment. That doesn't sound like a very good trade. I know. You know it's like if you're half in, it. half out, you know, the Mr. Yeah, Miyagi come on, thing. Warren. Don't stand in the middle of the road. He gets squished by the truck anyway. So. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I think I'm just going to be out on this one for now. But I could get talked into it. All right, 1670 pre-market low, 16 evens, a 50% retracement. When I look at this rally that we had, I think a lot of people are jammed on the short side. Uh, I know a lot of people don't short, but there is still some short interest. I think if you've been, you know, if you've been uh, laying this thing out ahead of earnings, you know, the last four, five, six days, you know, it's probably below your average cost. You got the catalyst of the bad earnings. So, you know, I don't, th I don't think they're going to lift this thing and get it back unchanged or anything. But I think as you creep down to that pre-market low, 1670, even if you breach that, uh, I, you know, going down to 16, that, to me, that looks like it's support. All right, all right. What do you do with Peloton here? They're after the close. <laughs> oh, they're after the close today. I think they're going to blow it away. I think the numbers are going to be awesome. Is it going to be priced to perfection going into it? A little bit. Um, I'm long it. I am very torn. My neighbor, TJ, if you're there, he's long it. He, he's like, what do you know? Because I, I was talking about Peloton. I thought it was going to have a run up before earnings. It did. Man, I, I probably, I don't, I don't know if I want to take the chance of taking it through the report. I think the stock could blow it away though and could be over 40 on the report. So part of me says, hold it. Part of me says, take the 20% you just made in three days and run for the hills. I mean, it's been, is that what it's up in the last three days? It's up significantly. Yeah, it's 30, up quite 70. a bit, yeah. It's up almost 20% three days ahead of the number. Tough call. Well, I think uh, the numbers are going to be really good. 3808, yeah. 3808, all-time high. Uh, unlike Dennis, I don't like buy and sell in a lot in the longer-term stuff. So I'm just I'm holding. I'm not supposed to either, but I just end up doing it. I'm just it. holding. <laughs> you do you it know, anyway. Yeah, do it anyway. I'm just, so I'm just holding. Uh, just uh uh, a great arms workout yesterday. I'm on it three, four, five times a week. Yeah. So glad we had it. Um, I drove out. I had to drop something off at my uh, my daughter's place yesterday. I go by this LA Fitness and this Planet Fitness and these places. And, you know, the old Disney, you know, like are people going to be running back into those places? I don't know. I mean, I know they're expensive. I've already got my value out of it. You're right. Uh, Yep, I'm not. Uh, I'm not doing. I'm not doing a lot off this report. I, I think this is, uh, and I think this is a, a thing people are going to work out more at home too. So I think going forward, I like the story. The story is intact. The only reason I would sell it is if I think it's priced to perfection. I think I'm going to be able to rebuy it lower. That's the only reason to sure. sell this. Um, valuation too. The valuation's extreme. We know valuation. Sure. Shopify, Peloton. It's kind of like a Shopify. It ran a lot, up a lot. Not that comfortable to hold it through the report. I want to sell it because i think it could fall back just if it doesn't just blow it away but i think they're going to blow it away i would not surprise me in the least if this is over 40 tomorrow morning all right so, guys let you go i know we're going I'm, over I'm very here torn. Uh, somebody asked me, one, one more second just gilead because yep, that's what i was gonna about, say go somebody asked been asking me about gilead i i've played this perfect i i really got you know obviously a little bit of luck involved with some of these executions but i played it really well we know i made like nine points and then i made like another three points and then i made another six or seven points on you know this uh, just trading this thing by buying it in the mid 70s uh, i think the easy money in gilead has been made the trend is still there i can't argue if you're buying it here at 79 the trend is there but i feel like all the good news is kind of in it the drug you know has got some fda has short-term approval and i feel like if it comes out and some of these studies come out and it's not doing as well as everybody thought it was doing which i think might be the case I don't, I don't think it's a difference maker drug. And there's other people who are other companies who are working on drugs as well. So I think the Gilead story for the most part is kind of, I think it's kind of over for not over, but cooled off enough that I'm not coming in. I'm not it might not. I mean, it time. also, I look at this perspective is like every one of those news pops have been sold. They've all been sold. I sold them. I sold them yeah. as fast <laughs> as I could. So it's a huge company and this drug isn't going to make any difference on their bottom line. We know that. So I, it's not like this is going to be a, a game changer drug for them. But it's got a it's story, not. Dennis. It's got, but the story now, they've talked the story. We've talked the story. And the story itself is cooled off. So it would not surprise me if Gilead started to actually give some of this back. So I, I'm, out, I'm, I'm out clean on Gilead. I don't own any of it now. I played it well a few times. At this point in time, I'm not rebuying it. I could be talked into it, but at this point in time, I'm not rebuying it. I got it. Not selling it. Okay, Spencer, we'll let you wrap things up. All right, uh, yeah. Warren Buffett, he holds forever. 
except the airlines. On deck for after the close here, Peloton, we mentioned, Lyft, Square, PayPal, a number of big names reporting after the close today. We did cover, uh, we, we did a better job today of covering more stocks. So I know we didn't get to all of them. We didn't get to all your questions, but, uh, uh, if you have another one and you want to uh, join us at 340, ask it again, and uh, hopefully we'll get to it on our closing show. I want to thank our guest, Tommy Lackey. Thanks to everyone in our chats, all three of them now. The pre-market prep chat on premarket.benzinga.com, the chat on our YouTube channel, and the chat on Benzinga Pro. Thank you for your participation. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. Be safe wherever you are. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40 Eastern Time. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.